0: okay cool that's rolling so you know I always take a lot of heed to what you guys are saying and I try to always make sure that the content specifically is around questions that I have been asked I just don't want to you know waste my time and put content out there that you guys aren't really gonna find valuable or that isn't gonna specifically help you so I really do check in on a lot of like whenever I ask questions I'm always like hey I'm always asking you guys, you know, what are you guys thinking? What do you guys want to hear about? Because at the end of the day, the content I put up strictly is for you guys. Like there's really for me, you know, yeah, this takes time, but I care about getting you guys the results specifically that you need and I like to go through things that are going to help you. If it doesn't help you and it's just for me to gratify my ego, that doesn't serve you guys in any way shape or form. So I try to make sure that, you know, the 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 feedback that you guys give me, I actually do take into account and then I modify what I'm doing specifically based on what you were looking for. So one of you guys reached out about investment and qualification. And then I had a there was like a few other simple questions that I could have broken down just at the end of the QA. So I'll make sure I just go through those at the end of the QA. But with investment and qualification, let's go and hop in directly like with what that is. So the best way to think the best way to think about investment. Investment is the king of everything. I think one of the things that one of the things oh shit, hold on. Okay. So in one of the things with investment. Is that everyone gets it wrong everyone they they don't think investment is an actual thing but investment is very 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 real if you want better persuasion you need the ability to be able to garner and to elicit and reward investment from the person you were talking to if you want to get what you want from someone you need to elicit investment if you want to have more power in a relationship you need to elicit investment so investment is based off of the principle of least interest or what they like to call the equity principle. It's like equity within relationships. So whoever puts the most into something is going to want a reciprocal reward for the amount of investment that they put in. So I want you to think about investment this way. I want you to imagine you've got a dream car. That dream car is going to run you around $500,000. You sacrifice everything that you have to make sure that you get that dream car. Because you believe when you get that dream car, you're going to get lazy. Your life is just going to magically get better. So you, you know, you, you, you downsize the size of your apartment, you sell off all your belongings, you, you make sure that you live in like this one bedroom studio, you've only got two outfits, one for you to wear to work and the other outfit for you to go visit the car dealership on your day off because you want to really see that dream car. So you work the next 10 years of your life, you sacrifice your social life, you don't spend any time with your family, you take up three jobs so that way you can get that dream car. So you put your blood, your sweat, your tear, and your tears into it every single Sunday. You go to that car dealership and you imagine that dream car. And what you do is you, you, you grip your hands around the leather steering. You make sure that you check all the visions. I mean, you start to really imagine what life would be like once you got that dream car. So there's no catch. The day comes for you to go get that dream car. You pull up to the lot. You put the money down. You've got that dream car. You pull up to your house. I lied about the catch. When you pull up to your house, right next to the car you've just purchased, there's one that you won six months earlier in a contest. That specific one, you didn't do anything to earn. You just won it within a contest. Now you've got two vehicles. You've got gas prices. You've got insurance. You've got overall maintenance for you to keep this car. Here's the question Which car do you sell? Do you sell the one that you've won, or do you sell the one that you've worked 10 years for? Let let me know which one do you guys sell. Let me know in the comments which one do you sell. So wait for you guys. Anyone that missed that analogy. Let's see. So we are talking about investment and I'm trying I want people to get a direct I want people to really understand what investment actually is as a concept, then how to use and to elicit investment from other people. So you sell. The one that you didn't work hard for, all right, awesome. The one that you won, the cheap one, okay, awesome. Like right, You guys' feedback means a lot to me and it lets me know you guys are engaged, you guys are learning, so this is dope. You sell the one that you've won. Well, the reason you sell the one you've won is because it doesn't mean anything to you. This is why lottery winners, they'll win, they'll win the lottery and within six months, statistically, they end up being broke again. And the reason that they end up being broke is because anything that we don't work for, anything that we don't earn, we therefore don't value. Right? I want you to imagine, you know, when you, if you were in sports, you ever were an athlete and you won a trophy. You worked really hard to get that trophy. When you got that trophy, it meant so much to you because it was a representation of the amount of effort and the, the work that you put in. Here's the problem, though. Because of the fact you won the trophy and now you don't have to continue to work. To keep that trophy, there's nothing about it. Now, a championship belt, you have to continue to earn to keep. You can't just keep it. like You won the heavyweight championship of the world, and you stay as the heavyweight champion. No, you've got to fight to be able to stay there, which means that your championship now means a lot more to you because it's a it's a representation of your time, your energy, the things that you can't get back. I want you to imagine that your boss says, Hey, buddy, we, we one of the things that we need from you is we need you to get this project done. So you've got two weeks and we need you to finish that product as quickly as possible. So you sacrifice your social life. You don't spend any time with your family. You do everything you possibly can to get the job done because you know that you might get a promotion from getting that job done. You go back to your boss after sacrificing the two weeks of your time. You tell your boss, hey, I finished this up. You go to hand it and he says, hey, buddy, we're so sorry. We actually were in a rush. So we took one of your earlier projects and we used that one instead. But we're still happy with you. Thank you for getting us finished up. It means a lot to us. Now, how do you feel? Oh, woo. That happened. Well, how do you how do you feel? Let me know. How do you guys How do you guys feel? You've worked two weeks. You've sacrificed to get something done for your boss. And now, you've turned it back in. He's saying we don't need it. Right? So I'm curious. You feel bad, right? Right? Of course. You probably feel a little bit used even. The reason that you you yeah, that's fucked up, right? See, the reason, see, now here's interesting. There's no reason for you to be mad. Your boss is happy with you. You you got it done in two weeks. You got the job done. You think you you'd be happy, right? But you're not happy. You're actually pissed off and you're quite annoyed. And the reason that you're annoyed is because of the fact that you wasted two, two, two weeks of your life that you can't get back. See Money doesn't mean that much to us, but our time does. Our time is the most valuable thing on the planet. So, I want you to think about it this way. If, now you got a guy and a girl on a park bench. The guy is doing the bulk of the talking for an hour and a half and the girl's just listening and she's not really saying much. It's probably clear that the guy likes the girl. Now let's reverse that situation and the girl is talking to the guy for the bulk of the time and he's not doing that much talking. I would imagine if I'd ask you who likes who, you probably would pick up on the fact, right, that the girl likes the guy, right? In the first iteration, the guy liked the girl. This iteration, the girl likes the guy. So the name of the game is if you can get someone to spend their time with you when they can be spending it anywhere else, they're going to backtrack every other form of investment because now they've got something they've invested in. They've got something that means something to them. So I want you to imagine if a girl spends about three hours with you, do you think she's going to be like, hey, I spent three hours with this guy because, you know, he's kind of a piece of shit? No, she's going to be like, she's not going to say, oh, I spent three hours with him because of the fact that I could get something out of him. She's going to be like, I spent three hours with him because of the fact I like him or he's got something of value in order to cause me to invest. There's only two ways of being able to trigger investment. There's the non-verbal elements to be able to trigger investment, and these are what we like to call the principles of attraction. There are six principles of attraction, and if you have any of these things in abundance or in excess, you will be able to cause someone to invest before you ever open your mouth. The second way of being able to garner investment from someone is your game. These are the actual things that come out of your mouth, the things that you actually say, the things that you do right in a very specific consecutive order that will allow you to garner investment anytime, anyplace, anywhere. This is one of the main things that would drive me nuts about most of the the, the game or the sales advice I would hear is that it was very, very random and there was no actual process that you had to go through with somebody in order to garner compliance. And once I understood this one thing, it allowed me to now analyze every iteration, every interaction with someone else and I could directly see, hey, this is why the interaction worked. This is exactly what it takes to get this. Yes, but the hard part is to get her interested in you, in my opinion. It's actually not hard. The reason that it's hard for you is because you don't understand the process of garnering investment. So let's go through the principles of attraction, right? The first one is, so we like to call it going places. P-L-A-C-E-S. Pre-selection, leadership, ambition, confidence, excellence, and social intelligence, right? So if you have pre-selection... A woman is going to feel the need to invest because of the fact you come in one to two points slightly higher. Leadership. There's been studies done into leadership. You've got two types of leadership, alpha and social leadership. Alpha leadership is someone that takes authority upon themselves and tells you you're going to do this because I said so. Social leadership is where the one person that leads the group takes into account the wants and needs of the group and makes a suggestion that the whole group is going to want to stand behind. So they did the studies with with bonobos or macaques. And if there was an alpha and he would try to lead the women to do something that the women would only follow until it was about something that the women directly did not enjoy or agree with. And because of that reason, they would band together and then they would all go against the alpha. And because the alpha had it was the, the, the rule of the many, the consensus of the many, he had to bow down to this higher form of leadership, which is social leadership. The next one is ambition. Ambition is attractive. It doesn't matter where you are. It only matters where you are going. So if you don't have any ambition, I'm pretty sure you've been in a relationship with a girl and she probably started trying to prod you at some point if you guys lost your ambition. She would start bringing you job applications. She would tell you about places that were hiring. She would tell you you should go do this or do that. Y'all would imagine even your mother did that. It's because ambition is a very attractive thing. This is why rock stars can live on somebody's couch and still be considered attractive because he's a starving artist, but he's working towards something greater. Working at McDonald's is not that attractive, but if he's working at McDonald's because McDonald's is paying his way through school so that way he can become a culinary chef and he can get his degree to be able to open up, open up his own restaurant, which is his chief goal in life, is to release his family's recipes through his own private restaurant, now that's attractive because he's going somewhere. The next one is confidence. Confidence is attracted because of experience. That's all it is. If you want to be confident, there's no listening to some CD for 14.95 about being confident and meditating. Confidence comes through experience. Confidence comes from competence. When you feel competent in something, when you feel that you have a chance of being very successful at it because of past reference experience, you will demonstrate confidence. Now, the other, now the other things that women hate are arrogance. Arrogance is, I say this is going to happen because this always fucking happens. Now you're now you're stepping over into arrogance, you're stepping over into pride, she's going to hate that about you. And she's going to want you directly to fail because now you're arrogant and you're not confident. Confidence is, I have past reference experience, therefore I know I've got a really high chance of making this happen. But it's not, I'm going to make it happen because I always fucking make it happen. That makes them seem like a bit of a fucking dick. The next one is excellence. What sets you apart from somebody else? Are you the top real estate agent in your firm? Are you, uh, were you a junior champion pool player? Were you a Golden Gloves boxer? This is the things that, you, that if a woman sees about you, you have excellence in. So if a girl tunes into any one of my live streams or she happens to see me giving a keynote speech and I'm in a position where I've got social proof and I'm considered an authority or an expert in something that makes me vastly better than the, the vast majority, I'm going to be seen as attractive. I'm going to be in my most attractive light because I'm not talking about it. I'm demonstrating and I'm showing it. The next one is social intelligence. This is knowing the correct dress and behavior for the environment and the social context that you are in. This is what we call calibration. The more social intelligence that you have to know how to blend and mold and shift, the more attractive you will be deemed as, right? If I go into the middle of a a restaurant and I take a shit on the floor, that's not socially intelligent. If I walk around wearing a peacocked out outfit with a penis behind my ear, that's not socially intelligent. Right? This is what I see a lot of guys will do. They'll go and they'll do something in field and they'll go break rapport with a girl who she doesn't know who he is. That's the problem. She immediately is like, fuck you. I don't know who the fuck you are. And it's because of the fact she doesn't, she doesn't think you have any value. So by you walking in trying to break rapport with her, it's socially unintelligent. Which would have been smarter to come in, come in under the radar, build it up, build up your perception of status in her mind, then break rapport. Because as you break rapport, now you've got a little bit of a, of, of an interaction where she knows you, she's familiar with you. It's much more likely for you to be able to do that and get away with it than if you just do that randomly, right? So, that's one of the ways of being able to garner. And that's one of the, that, that was, that's what investment looks like. That's now the second way to be able to garner investment is your actual game. Your actual game specifically now allows you to garner investment. Let's let's try this, might be interesting. So, what's what's one of the next things that allow you to trigger in the elicitation of investment? It's your actual game. The process of being able, the process of being able to to do the illustrations of game properly will trigger investment. Yo, what's up, brother? Good to have you on. So it's interesting. Uh, the guy that I actually brought on, he's he's known me since I was 16 years old. Like, we used to game together when I was 16, 17. And we, he's seen me through every port of, every every bit of game, every lesson I've learned, every heartbreak. He's been around for it. So he, he knows when it comes to me teaching this. He's been seeing it since we were, like, knee-high to a grasshopper when I used to have the black nails and the eyeliner and all that social and calibrated shit. Yo, yo. But, yeah, um... So the here's one of the ways of being able to elicit investment right you first start out with comfort The reason that you start out with comfort is because you don't want to assume that you have comfort with this Who doesn't know you you walk up to like say I met your mom and she's like hey It's a pleasure meeting you and I go whoop. She's gonna be like what the fuck was that? That's really weird. That's I don't know this person. You just did something weird and uncalibrated, but we do this all the time What's one of the next things once you've got comfort the next iteration is you break rapport You break rapport because now you're gonna take that slightly bit of comfortable interaction and you're going to now pull it away. You're you're gonna trigger what we call cognitive dissonance. And the person is now going to chase that comfort back because of the cortisol response that they're experiencing. They wanna make it comfortable again. Then the next iteration is qualification. This is what we call deep comfort. You're gonna dive deep in the interaction. You're gonna make a psychological connection between you and the person that you were talking to. That's where attraction really is built at. So if breaking rapport is the spark of attraction, Qualification is the attraction wildfire because this is where specifically you stand out from the people that she's met at any part of her life because you were talking to her about things that she really knows and that she cares about. You're not talking about the supper, the, the the top level things she tells everyone. You were talking about things that she values, that she cares about. What's the worst day of your life? What's the best day of your life? You're going to specifically ask about whats what's been the worst thing that's happened to her. Uh, who who molested you when you were 6 or 7 what did you want to be when you were 7 why are you not doing that now right those types of questions allow you to go deep in this person's psyche and as you go deep in their psyche you will create a bond with them that no one else has ever had with them which makes you stand out from the person that you were talking to because there's levels of rapport there's surface level commonalities in rapport this is where you talk to a person and one of the things you're going to notice is that when you talk to them, they're going to find you interesting just because you've built commonalities on like surfing, the fact you've got the same birthday sign, the fact that you both are into the same things, but the deeper levels of rapport of you have the same emotional experiences, you can relate and see the world the exact same way as they do, and you value the same things morally that they value. This is what really the attraction is built off. They did studies with married couples, and they were looking at the interpersonal attraction, and what they found out was the the couples before they were married, lived within six blocks of each other before they were married. That's the power of propinquity. That's the power of of physical nearness and familiarity. You're more likely to date the girl who lives on the same floor as you than the girl who lives an hour and a half away from you because of the fact it's just way too far. The next part of the iteration after qualification is sexual escalation. You've got a bit of an interesting interaction. The person really does like you, but now you need to take it sexual. The reason you need to take it sexual with this person is because you've got so far, you've got a friendly interaction. You've created a deep connection. You've created a real friendship and a bond with the person who wants to be with you. But taking it sexual is now the icing on the cake between for the connection that you have. It's just an elaboration. Women tend to see sex very differently. For a woman to have sex with you, you need to first penetrate her mind by creating some deep level rapport and a connection that she's never had with anybody else if she has a connection with you that she's never had with anyone else the next iteration she's going to want to go is she's going to want to be intimate with you women like to build commonalities and build rapport with people they love to share and communicate to take that they view sex as the icing on the cake they view sex as it's an enhancement of the connection that they have with you. They want to give themselves to you because of the fact they feel such a deep bond a deep connection with you. That's the next iteration she wants to go through. If you follow all of that process, you now will be able to, to elicit and to garner investment any place, anytime, anywhere. And it'll never come off across as weird or uncalibrated because of the fact you were doing the right things. So the next thing that someone asked me about, they asked about qualification. So what is qualification? Qualification is simply this. I want you to imagine it as a funnel system, right? So you've got you've got qualifi- you've got qualification where you go to school to you go to school to get a medical doctorate. You are becoming qualified. You are becoming qualified to do a very specific task, right? A doctor has to go to school to be a, to be able to practice medicine. You have to pass your security and exchange the the, the test in order to be qualified to be a stockbroker or to manage a hedge fund you have to go to school to get qualified to be able to to be a professional marketer or to do digital marketing. If you don't have the qualifications, the prerequisites, you you are not qualified to do a particular task. So what qualification effectively does is it allows you to be identified as somebody who was an expert in a particular field. Therefore, you are qualified to do this thing. So now, you as the person who is qualifying You have to qualify. I want you to imagine like a salesperson. A salesman has to qualify. A salesman doesn't want to waste his time, especially a car salesman. They have to qualify their prospects. You don't want to go around wasting your your time trying to sell something to someone who doesn't have the money or doesn't have the credit to be able to afford the car. So what you're going to do is you're going to go around qualifying the people that you were talking to. But what's the likelihood of that salesman making a sale by walking around to every single person saying, what credit card are you looking to pay for your car with today? Or what car are you looking to buy today? That's a little bit too much. That's a little too early. This is what I see where guys will walk up to a girl and they're like, hey, you're really pretty. Or hey, do you want to fuck? Or hey, do you want to have sex? Or he grabs her hand or he throws his arm around her. He is qualifying and making an assumption that she has already attracted him. She's making an assumption that she's not in a relationship. He's making an assumption that she is single and that he is her physical type therefore she should want to have sex. But the thing is that's too much compliance to ask for way too early. The smarter way of doing it is effectively coming in under the radar and building it up, just like our car salesman. Our car salesman will probably increase his likelihood by saying, hey, what brings you here today? Person says, hey, uh, I happen to live over the road. I see the cars all the time. I'm just coming to take a look. Versus the person, the person who comes in and he says, hey, what brings you here today? Says, hey, my car just broke down when I was on the freeway. I happen to be looking for a replacement. Bam. That is someone now who is qualified, and now you haven't wasted your time all day in talking to this person to find out if they are looking to buy a car. You found the exact right person. Now you just need to match them with the perfect product that they are looking for. So now how now they I want to make sure that I, I want to make sure that I explain this properly. So this is for this is for you. Qualification allows you to identify. There's a few ways that qualification tends to work. You've got what we call preloading, then you've got what we call qualification statement or preloading, which is qualification statements. Then you have got qualification questions, right? Qualification allows you to do a few things. It allows you to identify people. It allows you to identify conversation, good conversation. It also allows you to identify behavior that you specifically are looking for, and it also allows you to be identified. As someone of status and as a value to where the person will therefore want to invest in you. So one of the ways that you can make yourself seem viable to the person that you were talking to is by qualifying. Right. I want you to imagine you're an employer. An empl- can an employer qualify you? Well, they- ideally they can. The reason that an employer can qualify you and the car salesman can't qualify you is because of the fact the car, the car salesman doesn't have status. But the employer has status. I would imagine if an employer were to be like, what makes you good enough to work here? By him asking you that, he is allowed to qualify you because you want the job. Because he has the power, you effectively will qualify to that person. The more status that someone has in your life, the heavier they can qualify you. And the less status that they have in your life, the less they can qualify you. Douglas Kenrick figured this out. He's a professor at the University of Arizona, particularly specializing in evolutionary psychology. And one of the things he figured out is that people have qualifiers. And now women are much more likely to cheat, providing the person that they are going to cheat with has status. So some male model could come up to your girlfriend. He doesn't have that much of a chance. But a guy with status, he does. Women will allow that. So what, he can, what, the, the, what the car salesman can do, but the employer can do, he can qualify you and ask you, what makes you good enough to work here? What are your qualifications? I see you've done this. Can you tell me a little bit about, about your past and why you're looking for a new job? You're gonna answer those questions even if they're slightly uncomfortable because of the fact that you want the job. If you didn't want the job and you didn't place value on that position, you would not qualify yourself. So people of power usually do not qualify themselves but they spend their time qualifying other people. I want you to imagine Bill Gates. If Bill Gates were to hop up on stage and he's like, I'm Bill Gates. I make a, a million dollars every, every single second that I'm in bed. You know, I'm married to one of the most beautiful women on the planet. I've got the most status and I'm the founder of Microsoft Systems or Microsoft Computers. That would be very strange for, for Bill Gates to do that. Why? Because you already know who he is. You already know he has status. It would be smarter for him to what? Come and talk to you. Hey, what are you into? What got you into that? What do you want to do with your life? Where do you see yourself in 10 years? You would actually think he's much cooler and you would like him much more because why? He didn't spend time qualifying himself talking about himself. He'd spend more time talking about you and things that you're into. He'd make it more about you. And by him not qualifying himself but qualifying you, you place him on a higher pedestal because anyone who spends that much time qualifying you and you spend the time qualifying yourself back to them trying to prove yourself, you're going to care about what they think. The sunk cost principle. Anything that we invest time and energy into, like the car, we're going to want to reward for. So, here's, we were talking about, we are talking about qualification statements. Qualification statements are things like, hey, you're really friendly. Now, that's a basic way to qualify. But, it's something that's very, very useful. You can sit and say, hey, but you, hey, you look like a really friendly person, right? And they say, oh yeah, I'm totally a friendly person. They've just bought into that qualification. They've just bought into that Perception that or that label or that judgment that you have placed on them they have bought into that Actively even if they passively buy into that They now have to be friendly to you for the next four or five iterations of what you say Because they've agreed to it and by commitment and consistency bias Which is really what qualification is based off of people have to be consistent and be committed to things that they say Things that they believe about themselves or this would make them a hypocrite which would trigger dissonance You can't say one thing and do another. That causes you to be a hypocrite. That would make you feel really bad internally. So, the next way is qualification questions. See, the qualification statement was, "Hey, you look a you look like a friendly person," or you look, you know, "Hey, I love the fact you're an amazing conversationalist." The next one is, "Hey, I love the fact you're an amazing conversationalist. Are you an amazing conversationalist?" Right? A qualification statement may not be that powerful because it didn't require you to answer it back, but a qualification question. Hey, what makes you good to work here? And then you tell the person all those reasons. You're going to have to be consistent with each of those specific things that you've said. Because you've said them. I didn't force you to say them. You said them. Which means you must believe them about yourself. It must align with that which you believe about yourself. And you have to be consistent with anything you said or actions that you've taken in the past. Get some more water. So... What's the, what's the, those are the two ways, the two main ways of qualification. One of the, so the, what, what's one of the, the, so how how you identify good conversation. You can ask any question in the world. Just make sure that you ask, what is the person like? What do they enjoy? What are they passionate about? What do they love doing the most? Any of those words, see, it's, I can ask, what are your favorite things to do in your spare time? Where's your favorite place to eat in Orlando? By asking that specific question, what's the key word there? Like, that's the qualifier. The qualifier is the word like, favorite, enjoy, love. You can ask anything you want, providing that you add those qualifications in there because it's going to allow you to identify a good conversation and cause the other person who's being asked the question to think of things that they enjoy, they like, that are their favorite and things that they love, which means from a conditioning perspective, because they are thinking about things that they enjoy, they're experiencing a positive emotion to those things they now associate those emotions to you therefore they like you so there's there's what what i tend to tell people is there's what we call the rungs of qualification and you can go up and down the qualification ladder so you might start out with something as simple as Hey, you know one of the things I like about you is that you really you strike me as a very friendly person. I tend to not really hang around people that aren't like that, so I give you a five out of five for being a really friendly person. I appreciate that. That's something I like. That's something I said about them, and then I go high five. I like that inter- I like that frame. Now I, I I seal it by by getting some investment from them, which means it's that much more likely to hit, and then I can step up a higher rung. Be like, hey, because of the fact that you mentioned that you were you were really friendly, I'm just curious. Can you help me out with this situation? How likely is that person? They just admitted that they were friendly. They just agreed the fact they were friendly. Then I asked them, can they help me with something? How likely is that person to not be helpful after just admitting that they were friendly? See how powerful that is? Because I've just labeled them as something and they agreed. I now can ask them something specifically with that qualifier placed in there. and what they're going to do is now they are going to do something friendly for me. okay? You can build that you can you can build that up even higher. The person's friendly. And then you can say, hey, you know, one of the things I, I noticed about you is not only are you friendly, you're an amazing conversationalist. I love the fact that, you, that conversation is able to flow between you so easily. You ever notice when you talk to people and they're the type of person that they get super awkward, they get really shy, they just can't make a great conversation. And they're the type of people that they get, they, they always have to like constantly think about what to say. Like you're just super relaxed and you listen very well. That it makes it very easy to talk to you and I feel very comfortable and I feel relaxed around you when I talk to you. The person happens to agree with that then I've just locked in about the fact they're a great conversationalist, which means that if they're a great conversationalist, they're going to now keep trying to be a great conversationalist. Now, what's amazing about that, they might have seem like no big deal, but how many of you guys have been in interactions you go, I don't fucking know what to say. I don't know what to say next. By qualifying the girl as that, I have just allowed her to now open up and to invest more in the conversation, which means I can take a step back and I can chill, and I have to do so much. Maybe I want to do something like Maybe I want to do something like I want, to, I want to, to, to get her to walk out the venue with me. So maybe one of the qualifiers that I use is I'll say, hey, you know, you know one, of the things, one of the things that I tend to love about people is I tend to love people that are very consistent. You know, you know, you you often tend to meet people that they'll say one thing and they'll do another or the, the type of people that they'll say something and they can't stand behind the words that they say. I tend to not really like those people and I tend to notice that they don't really have that many friends. They don't do well in business or in life just in general because of the fact they're not consistent with the things they've said in the past. So I have to ask you, like, you know, which one are you? Are they the type of person that actually you stick behind the things that you say? Are they the type of person that doesn't have any friends, that you're an inconsistent person, your life's probably, probably in shambles, and you probably don't really make that much money because the fact that you're a hypocrite and you you, you're very wishy-washy you say one thing you do something else just kind of off of a whim well because i've just framed by my wording the inverse of being consistent as a very negative quality you're much more likely to choose the positive quality you're much more likely to 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 weed into the qualification of being consistent being a consistent person because of the fact that the inverse No one wants to agree with that. Nobody's gonna, no one ever wants to believe about themselves or take on the belief of themselves. I'm a piece of shit. I'm terrible. I'm not a nice person. Nobody wants that. Everybody wants to be seen as a positive light. They always have this cognitive bias. We have a cognitive bias as human beings of how much, uh, how much, how smarter we are than everyone else. We have a cognitive bias of we know more than other people. And because, and we have, sometimes we have even a really unhealthy ego. That's actually a really easy reason to be able to get people to qualify because if you can kind of talk to that subconscious mind, what will end up happening is that subconscious mind, that subconscious mind will now have to be consistent with things that it believes about itself, right? That's the power of the ego, especially when the ego is attached to something specific, you can leverage that ego to get someone to qualify that maybe doesn't think that they should, but their ego is based around an idea and one of your qualifiers happened to hit that ego, Qualification is really powerful because it hits the subconscious. They did this study where there was this bank heist. And I was watching the bank heist. And they, you know, you watch the whole bank heist. And at the end of it, they ask you how fast did the car speed away from the crime. And then in, my, recall, my, my, in my, my analysis of the event, I was like 55 miles per hour. And then they played it back again. And as they played it back, the car rolled at a slow six miles an hour. But in my recollection of the event, I thought it was 55 miles per hour. Which goes to show you the power of the, the the power of the subconscious mind that 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 specific that specific iteration hit it hit me in a place of the subconscious mind specifically and caused me to think about something and it caused me to believe something that wasn't necessarily true even though the evidence was directly in front of me that's quite fucking powerful that's what you want to be talking to when you were talking to a girl. You don't want to be sitting there talking to the words that are coming out of her mouth. You want to be talking to the subconscious mind. You want to be playing with the subconscious mind faster and more efficiently than they are specifically of keeping up. And one of the things I like to do with students of mine is I'll start I'll start with a small qualification and then I'll build it up to something much larger and I keep them focusing on the one thing that they're doing at the, at a time. And because the brain's only able to handle the brain actually does not multitask well. It does not handle different functions very quickly. Anytime that the brain is is focused into something and then it gets distracted, it takes on average up to about 45 minutes for that person to focus back in on the thing that they were that, that they were focused on before the disruption or the distraction happened. So, how are you gonna be able to use that? Well, if you use qualifications step by step and you build the rung up, you don't go very big, you start out with these small qualifications then you build up to something larger and larger, the person by the end of it has been qualified so far That they're going to be very consistent with and very malleable with the things that you want them to do. Why? Because they have agreed that they are the type of person. They have agreed they are going to do this thing. They have agreed that this is exactly who they are. So the qualifications have hit a subconscious part of their mind and their ego is now now invested in that. They've got to be consistent within that. So, I want to make sure let's see so we yeah so some people are motivated by the carrot some people are motivated by the stick people that are motivated by the carrot they're motivated by the pleasure so one of the qualifications you can use you know one of the things I you know one thing I, you know I like about you i like the fact that you are a very consistent person i love the fact that you that you say what you that you say what you're going to do and you actually go and achieve that goal like i really love that about you like i love the fact that You that you are a very consistent person and it's one of the things I try to surround myself with people that are like that because I Notice those people are very positive people. Those are people that tend to be very successful Those are people that tend to go very very far and I really enjoy being around those types of people And I only try to surround myself with those types of people. So I'm just curious, you know, what are your thoughts on that? I open it up to her. I see what she thinks about it. If she thinks the same way as I do, now I've got a commonality between her. I've got her morals actually match my morals. I've got a real qualifier that hit because she believes like that. She's gonna be very, very consistent with it. Why? Because she said it, she's agreed, and she's also telling me other consistent things she's done. So I have to ask you, because you said you were such a consistent person. I have to ask. You know, what are some of the most consistent things that you've done? What is one consistent thing you did this week? By me asking that, That's really fucking powerful because the more she thinks about being consistent, the more she's going to be congruent with that. Now, say I set up a bet. Say I set up a bet where I go on a date with the score and I say, hey, you know what? I have to ask you because you said you were consistent. I'm just curious. Uh, there's, there's, there's this game, uh, and it, it, the game is that it talks about spatial awareness, and the, the scientific study said that women don't have really great spatial awareness, and it's interesting because I don't believe that's true. I believe that women actually are able to multitask very well since they have access to both hemispheres of the brain. I think they would be the type of people that'd be able to multitask with that, so let's try it really quick. She's like, okay, cool. Hold on. There's only one catch, though. She's like, what's the catch? Well, the catch is that if you happen to lose the bet, you, the, the first round's on you, or the first round of games is on you. Say I'm on a date, right, and I want to cut my costs because I don't want to spend that much money. Say I, I, you know, I don't have it on me, so I would use some type of bet. Now, using con- the, the qualification of consistency, being, being of consistency, and some type of bet, and that if she loses that bet, that she's going to pay for the first part of the date or half of the date, that can be very fucking powerful. Consistency with some fucking old game, some like the like some crude game, like the Five Lies. And if she loses the game, she's got to be consistent with paying for the date. That's really fucking powerful. Let's see. Maybe she sticks to it. She's like, maybe she doesn't want to stick to it. Hey, you know what? I'm not gonna hold you to paying for half of the date, because I don't think I don't think I don't, I don't think I don't think you can handle that. Throw throw that challenge out there. Maybe she rises to the occasion. See if she can handle it. She goes. Actually, I fucking can handle it. Okay, boom. She loses the fucking bet. Now she's got to be consistent with what paying for half of the date. These are things that I've used. Some of you guys that have tuned in have been very fortunate to see me out and about. And if you pay a lot of attention to my words, I almost only speak in qualification. See, what's crazy is a lot of people don't tend to, they they, they don't think I would speak in only qualification, and it's just because they're not paying enough they're not paying enough attention. If you pay enough of attention and you pay attention to every single live stream, you pay attention to every single thing that I say, I am qualifying. My statements, I am controlling specifically the things that I am saying most of the time. That's the powerful part about it. Every word that comes out of my mouth is meant to serve two to three purposes. It is to learn as much as I can about the girl that I'm talking to, and it's to build commonalities. And the last thing is usually to qualify behavior, either to qualify my own behavior to to trigger commitment consistency. It is to qualify the behavior of others to qualify specific behaviors that I like in people or I want them to do more of so that I can use positive reinforcement to reinforce that specific behavior that I like them to do so they will continue to do more of it. Or I use negative reinforcement to create create cognitive dissonance to where they wanna run away and, and the behavior that I don't like, it starts to diminish within people. So let's get directly into question and answers about this. What was this? I'm curious. Was this interesting for you guys? Did you guys get a lot of value out of this? Was this something that you guys could directly see yourself using? Let me know in the comment section. This is amazing. Oh, wow. I didn't even check on Facebook Live either. Ooh. All right. Alright, alright. Sure. Okay, so it was so this this was easy for you to easy for you guys. You guys can see yourself using this. Awesome. So one of the questions that I have is what are some of the questions you guys have about either investment or qualification? I missed that, I was working on a personal project, damn. But <laughs> here's, here's here's the cool thing. So you if for those of you guys who don't know, so you guys know I'm the admin, I'm the admin for, for Game Global NYC or for Game New York. Because I am the admin, what it allows me to do is to be able to, to start talking on these things at length. And because I'm able to do that, I'm going to specifically start going through a lot of these iterations week by week. But I want, to keep it, I want to small chunk it until you guys get it and then start teaching you guys the deeper things. Because I just want to make sure that you guys really get the results that you're looking for. Because without those results, it doesn't help you guys. But what are the questions that you guys have, particularly in regards to qualification or whether it's investment? I'm going to scroll up and see if there was any questions at the top. You guys might ask asked while I was here. Okay. Let's see. What's good? What's good, my guy? Appreciate that. The one you guys didn't work hard for exactly. That's the power. That's the power of investment. You hate ingratitude. See, one of the reasons that people experience ingratitude is because of the fact what they've done is they've cut off reciprocity. I see this a lot where I'll see a guy that they'll they'll, they'll sit there and they'll, they'll start adding value to a girl. Maybe the girl's like, hey, I've got a problem with the fact that I don't know how to do film or editing. And then what they do is that they, they do the film and editing for her. That's adding, that's adding value, but that's adding too much value. If you add that much value and you don't cause her to have to invest back, then she's not going to. What a lot of people tend to do is they say, the girl's like, hey, you know what? I... I love the fact you did this I actually can't repay you I really appreciate that and then what the guys end up doing is they say hey you know what it's not a problem I'm more than happy to do it and then the girls are, well, how can I ever repay you they go don't worry about it it's fine by you saying don't worry about it it's fine you have just told the person they don't need to invest so one of the things so what I what you do instead is this hey you know what I'm glad that you appreciate it. I'm glad that you actually value this I'm pretty sure if the shoe was on the other foot you would do the same right I'm pretty sure if the, if the tables were turned, that you would do the same thing, right? By me saying that, what effectively I have done is now I have allowed her to invest in the interaction. Because I have allowed her to invest in the interaction, the thing that she's going to do is now she feels the need to invest back. Because she feels the need to invest back, she's going to invest back. But if I cut off her ability to do that, doesn't help. It doesn't help in any way, shape, or form. Let's see you said yes but the hard part is to get her interested in you in my opinion so here's the thing the only it's not hard to actually get the girl interested in you I would have to ask where are you starting in the interaction are you starting in the comfort phase are you starting in the break and rapport phase because the, the later in the inner the interact the interaction that you start the later in the model or in the phase that you start the more compliance that you need to be able to go that far like if I go right into sexual escalation with a girl I have to have a lot of value in her head. Maybe that I'm just sexually attractive, I'm her physical type, or I've got aggressive pre-selection. She's made up her mind that I look like a guy that she should sleep with based on I look familiar to someone that she slept with before in the past, or I look like some guy who blew her off so then she starts to chase me because of that. But here's the problem. By doing that, what ends up happening is that at some point I've still got to go back and I've got to build rapport with her. She may have a certain level of rapport to allow me to sexually escalate to some degree, but the problem is that by me doing that, I don't have much comfort. Because I don't have much comfort or rapport with her, this is where you start getting last-minute resistance. This is where you start we start getting what we call buyer's remorse. This is where she's like, oh, I made a mistake. I really shouldn't hook up with this guy. This is where a lot of guys will lose the girl. So if I start out in comfort, look, so I want you to imagine it this way. If I start out in comfort, but I don't break rapport, qualify, or sexually escalate, I end up in the friend zone. But if I go right into breaking rapport with this person and it happens to work, and then I, and I just break rapport, break rapport, break rapport. I come off as a jerk. I come off as an asshole. If I happen to step forward in the qualification but don't build comfort, I don't break rapport, I don't sexually escalate, I'm qualifying very heavy. And she's like, well, who the fuck are you? It's like a homeless dude being like, yo, so what makes you dope to talk to me? They're like, you're a fucking homeless. dude. You don't have enough value to be able to qualify that person. They don't see you as someone who is an authority. They don't see you as someone they need to invest in. So they don't answer the question. Let's say I hop forward into sexual escalation, I hop forward into sexual escalation, immediately her feeling about me is that I'm a fucking player. I'm just the guy who's just trying to fucking hit, I'm just the guy who's trying to smash. That's really uncomfortable, that's too much to ask for right away. Now I'm not saying that you can't jump forward in the iterations, you can't jump forward all the way to the end. You most definitely can't. And there are plenty of times where I've watched a girl immediately come directly into sexual escalation with me, and I will just match what she's doing, and make sure that I just balance between building rapport, And sexual escalation because she's taking it there. And because she's taking it there, I know I can get away with it, but I know I still need to build rapport just so I don't end up with a rape charge or a rape case. The reason that most guys have an issue with getting the girl interested in you is because you are skipping some part of the phase. If you don't skip any part of the phase, you don't have a problem with getting her to be into you. I think now I want to be a, a, be a leader of a group, social intelligence. Yes, of course, by you being a leader of the group, you have to have social intelligence to effectively lead a group. You have to have social intelligence to be able to get people to be interested in following what you have to say, which means that you're probably going to want to be a social leader or be a, what they call beta leadership because taking into account what the group wants and what the group is interested in and what they're into, that means they're more than likely to comply with you because you care about them more than you care about your own needs. Where can I get information? What do you specifically mean, information? You talking about the the, the methodology? You're talking about the model? What what exactly are you asking? Where you, where you, what do you mean, where can you get the information? I'm just curious. Right, I ended. Okay. Well, the cool thing is this already ended. So because it's already ended, guys, what I'm going to go ahead and do is I'm going to end on this note. I hope you guys found this valuable. I hope you guys found this useful. I hope this was super helpful for you guys. And for those of you guys who don't know, we're running one of the layers out in NYC. Because of that, if you guys are tuning in onto this specific podcast, you guys already know that I love what you guys are doing. I love the fact that I'm able to really help you guys. I appreciate that which you guys take the time to tune to tune in every single day because it takes a lot out of your time. So you guys have given me feedback, letting me know specifically what you guys care about, specifically how I can help you guys and what I can do for you, I appreciate that. Let me know. As always, love, peace, and chicken grease. Live long and fucking prosper.